that Lewis thought to himself, I am called to play a role in the greatest story that is ever written. And if I don't play this role, nobody is going to take the place of my character because I am the only one that is crafted and created and wired and gifted to play this significant role. All this is coming around to Lewis's head. And he said, one of the biggest things I learned, which was hard for me to learn, was this, that I'm not the hero of the story. That my role is to use the gifts and the abilities that I have been given to play my character role the best that I can, that nobody else can play, to give honor and glory and shine the spotlight on the hero of the story, which is Jesus. Hey, welcome to the Night Church Podcast. You are joining us for a four-part series that was done at our young adult retreat by Pastor Benjamin Lundquist. He loves speaking to relevant issues that young adults are asking about. And so you're going to really enjoy this. I can't wait for you to hear this series. Enjoy. If I haven't had the opportunity to just affirm Pastor Phil, I uh, really appreciate his leadership. And let's give him a big round of applause for everything that he's doing. And um, yeah, I just, I hope that um, you take this to heart, that it has been a huge honor to be here with you for the last couple of days. And um, again, lots of praying, just not knowing how God is going to show up, but I really believe in confidence that he has. And uh, some of that's been from the front, but there's been a lot of just conversations that I've had with people and that you have had with each other and just moments that uh, we shared together. So it's been a huge honor to be here with you. I just wanna let you know that I am 100% committed to supporting your journey beyond the weekend. So if you've got questions about content, you're going through your journal because you took meticulous notes. And uh, you're like, I just don't understand. What did you mean when you said that? Then you just have questions. Um, a, a DM on Instagram is the best. That's probably what I check the most. Um, and I will do my best to actually reply. Um, so if you have questions about content or if you have just breakthroughs in your own life, I want to hear about them. You know, like we're, we're a community. And, that, and things that God does deserves to be celebrated. So if your business goes next level or whatever, you know, or the homeless ministry expands to areas it has never been, I want to hear about that, you know? So I think I'd love to just uh, invite you to let me know how God moves, you know, beyond this weekend. If there is specific uh, things that God did for you, I'd love to hear about that too. You know, like things that God just spoke into you over the weekend that were significant for you. And I just will let you know this is just kind of the way that I share content. You have full freedom to share any content with anybody. Do not, do not uh, tag me. You don't have to quote me. Just share it. You know, please. You know, if, if you have a chance to pull out your journal and teach a bunch of middle schoolers about leading themselves well in middle school, do it. And don't quote somebody that nobody knows. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just share the content. And I, I really feel like everything that, that has uh, been a blessing that I've shared. It's all all comes from God, and so just take it. Let it be an empowerment to you. Feel the power to just be content uh, sharers with other people uh, that'll be able to help you. So, but yeah, definitely let me know what you need as we move forward. Um, if you want to check out the Rise and Lead podcast, I'd love to have you check that out. There's an episode dropping uh, on Tuesday. 
about how to lead meetings and help have difficult conversations like a pro. And uh, so if you've ever, ever been to a meeting that you did not look forward to going to, or you have led a meeting that you were dreading attending and you are the one leading the meeting, it might be a great episode for you. But there's about 60 episodes and a lot of the content of the podcast is a lot of the stuff that we have talked about. Leading from worth and value, maximizing your potential because of who you are, not trying to prove anything to anybody, amen? Because you already know where your identity is anchored. Uh, but you can check out that podcast uh, anywhere you can find podcasts. So I appreciate you doing that. Oh, this guy, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. There is going to be a book coming. So thank you, Philip, for continuing to speak that over me. So yeah, prophetic. Philip has a prophetic voice, you know, to be able to do that. So uh, yeah, but just excited to share a little bit more with you uh, one last time. So why don't we pray and then we'll dive in. God, I want to thank you for, again, this chapter in history that you have car carved out for us. And may we uh, never forget this dusty mountaintop of pine trees, you know, here above LA and, and the uh, valley and what you did here in this place. And we thank you. We stepped out in faith and we thank you, thank you in advance that you would show up and you have. So we thank you for doing what we stepped out in faith and asked you to do. So speak a word to us uh, one last time. May what you have spoken, may it change us in some way and may it, may it stick with us. May the roots of the truth of what had been shared, may that change generations to come. May we lead our lives differently because of this weekend and may we raise people that will lead their lives differently that generations will be impacted because of what you have done. And uh, we thank you God again for uh, this opportunity. You let me pray, amen. amen. So we don't have a ton of time Super, super quick review. Friday night, your uh, sons and daughters always. Anybody have any questions on that? We talked about identity. That is your foundation with moving forward in your life is always going back to who God has said you are. Remember, you got to speak truth over your life. Okay, you are the loudest voice that speaks into your life. You got to speak truth over your own life. You need to write truth every day. Uh, thank you to those who shared their declaration statements. I'm looking for somebody who shared those. But uh, write truth, surround yourself with a praxis community and beyond that supports the truth that God has spoken about you, amen? And then you got to speak truth into other people. Remind people of what God has said about them. Holy Spirit will set the opportunities up. Be bold. Every time you speak truth, you remind yourself of the truth that has been spoken over you. So make sure that you uh, remember that. Um, because you have value, lead yourself well. Nobody can do that for you. You're responsible for that, okay? Hardest person you'll ever lead is you. <laughs> it is. And if you can lead you, there's a great chance that you can lead teams and lead other people. So do the best you can. Nobody's perfect at it, but do the best you can to lead yourself well, not to achieve value, but because you are valuable. And we take, thing, we take care of things that are valuable. So if you see yourself as valuable, you have to take care of yourself. And leading yourself well is so much bigger than you. It's about your cup being filled so you can bless the world and bless other people. And so when you're healthy, health flows out of you. And the vision for Praxis and Beyond is that you can be life-giving leaders. Not just leaders, life-giving leaders. That when people are around you, they receive life from you because life is in you. 
So you want to be a life-given leader. Uh, last night we talked about the idea that all of us has a calling. All of us uh, has a calling that's dual. Uh, Matthew 4.19, we are called to Jesus first and foremost, that's supreme. Out of that first calling, we are called uh, to that second calling of doing something with our life. That is our calling or our purpose. Take the weight off your shoulders. You don't have to have your whole purpose or calling figured out right now. You don't. Many of you, it's going to be a hybrid of a lot of things that are going on in your life. Let God worry about that. I put up an Instagram video that uh, I think it was yesterday that said, pray about it and let it go. Like you can't do anything about it. Pray about it. Let God worry about how it's all going to play out. But uh, pray about it. But remember, you don't have to have the purpose all figured out, but be faithful and fruitful to the assignment that is in front of you. Because crushing the now will often set up the next. So if it's toxic, you got to deal with that. We're not talking about it being toxic, but we're talking about you have an opportunity in front of you. Do the best you can within that opportunity. It's going to grow your character. It's going to bless people. And chances are it will set up whatever you end up doing next. Okay? want to give you just uh, three lessons on um, kind of where do we go from here. And I just want to open up with a, with a story. Um, I, I still believe in doing date, dates with my wife. Amen, amen, okay? <laughs> Cracking open the bottle of Martinelli's, you know? <laughs> Putting some Big Franks on the Barbie. <laughs> you all the <are> Avenist. <laughs> you know, if we're really feeling good, crack open the can of fried chick, you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, good, uh, you know, be, be a tofu boy. Is that, is that what was? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember. I've never heard that title before ever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Kim and I still do day dates or day nights. We, uh, you know, you got like a relationship has to be growing. You don't just slide into it and then let it just kind of float. Like you got you to grow that thing. A uh, good friend of mine, his name is Lewis. Him and his, him and his wife had this great uh, habit of doing dates every week, but they would do a significant one every month. And so what they would do is every month, a different uh, individual would plan the date night. So the husband would do one month, the wife would do one month, and so on and so forth throughout the year. And so the husband had a date month coming up uh, in about a month. So he put the date in the calendar, and his wife said this true story. His wife said, hey, Lewis, what are we doing? What are we going to be doing? And he said, oh, we're going to go to go see a movie. And um, she was curious, is this a rom-com? Is this with Matthew McConaughey? Like, what are we, go what are we going to see? And he was kind of sheepish about describing the film. He finally came out and said, well, babe, we're going to go see a golf movie. And, and she was like, not the most romantic date that you could ever plan. You know, he was an avid golfer. He obviously leveraged the date to his advantage. <laughs> And she's like, well, what's it called? And she said, and he said, well, it's a movie called The Greatest Game Ever Played. Anybody remember film back in the day? So he circled it on the calendar. A um, couple weeks went by. They got to the date uh, day. They arrived at the theater an hour early to a golf movie, probably not necessary. <laughs> they got the tickets. They went in, found the theater, and they, they sat down. They picked, I think, right in the middle. I don't know if you go to movies, like where your, where your seat is. But they sat right in the middle, you know, Dolby surround sound, boop, 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 you know, where they could get some good, uh, the good experience. They had an hour to kill because they were there. They were chatting, 
and Lewis looked down to the front row and just noticed something kind of weird. They were not the only two people in the theater. They thought that they had been. In the very front row was a solo individual in the front row by himself. And Lewis said, like, why would somebody do that? Like, you have all these seats to choose from. Why would you put your neck at such a horribly awkward <laughs> angle, like, to be right in the front? So they're just kind of hanging out. About 30 minutes goes by, and they observe something really strange. Lewis, Lewis and his wife are looking, and the guy in the front row, and they're kind of keeping their eye on him because he's just by himself. He gets up, walks out of the row, down the aisle, and he begins to move toward the center of the theater, kind of near where Lewis is sitting with his wife. He moves up toward their direction. He turns into the row just in front of them, and he goes and sits down right in front of Lewis's wife. So it's Lewis, Lewis and his wife, and then the guy is sitting right there in front of Lewis's wife. And Lewis is like, you know, it's weird. It's okay, but it's weird. It's a little weird. Like there's a lot of seats, kind of strange. So he, the guy from the front row, spins around and begins to stare at Lewis's wife. You know, he's kind of glancing at Lewis, but <laughs> Philip's face is <laughs> so funny. And so, but it just is awkward, like, what are you, so he's turning around, kind of staring, which is kind of weird. And um, maybe 15 seconds goes by, and he just gets up and he leaves. He goes down the row to the aisle, he spins the corner, and he comes into the row to where Lewis, his wife, and the guy is making his way down the row. So the guy comes over and he sits down by Lewis's wife. So it's Lewis, the wife, and the guy who is sitting here silently, full true story. He's just chilling here like this. He kind of leans over uh, toward the couple and he does one of these. And he kind of moves his arm around the back of the chair without, without touching the wife. Lewis, who is over here, I was like, what did you, you want to do? And he's like, in that moment, one thing. I wanted to give that guy the biggest piece of Jesus that I could give him. He's like, how's somebody going to come and sit by my wife in this awkward way? So the guy, is, he is, kind of has his arm around Lewis's wife. He turns over. Lewis is leaning like, what is about to happen? This is so awkward. And the guy turns to Lewis's wife and he says this statement. He says, I'm in the movie. And Lewis is like, yeah, buddy, we all are in the movie. <laughs> Welcome to the greatest game ever played opening night. We're all here. And the guy goes on to describe that the film was apparently shot locally or where he had been in his town. They had a call for extras he had answered the call for extras, and he was actually in the film. So the guy was so excited about being in the film that he had to tell somebody, and Lewis and his wife were the only people in the theater. So he went on to describe, he's like, here's how it's going to go down. He said, the camera's going to go to this golf clubhouse scene. The camera's going to go bird's eye view. You're going to see a bunch of people. I'm wearing a red hat. Look for me. <laughs> and he was just pumped about being in the film as an extra. So he goes out, goes back, sits down in his chosen seat on the front row, just doing his thing. And um, the film starts to play, a few more people have come in, and the film rolls and it finishes. So they start you know, leaving the theater, they walk out, and as they're walking out, the wife of Lewis says, hey Lewis, you know, this was your date night, did you like it, you know, did you like the film? And Lewis is kind of silent for a little bit, and he says, no. 
He says, I hated it. And she said, Lewis, you picked it, you know? He said, I hated it because I was so distracted by what that guy said, I'm in the red hat, look for me, that I couldn't focus on the film. <laughs> and he's like, all I could think about was, I'm in the movie, I'm wearing a red hat, look for me. He's like, it was obnoxious. Oh. So they go in the parking lot, get in the car, and they're cruising home. They live like a mile away from the theater. And Lou. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> and then the guy says, I'm in your car. <laughs> well, well played, Philip, well played. And so they're cruising home, and, and Lewis tells me this. He said, on the car ride home, God spoke something into his life that would change his life forever. When somebody prefaces a comment in that way, like, I'm, I'm really going to lean in. Like, what did God tell you? And so as he's cruising home, kind of quiet, disappointed, frustrated about the movie and how it had played out, he said he heard God impress upon his heart, audible. He didn't say how it had went down. But this statement from God landed um, on Lewis. And the statement was this. Lewis, you are in my movie. And Lewis said he didn't really catch it at first. And he said the impression came again to Lewis from God, that little lesson, Lewis, you are in my movie. And Lewis said on the way home, he said all of a sudden everything began to fire. And he said for the first time in his life it made sense that every day he lives, he is writing a chapter in God's story. That his story is significant because he is part of a much greater and grander story. That nothing is random. That nothing doesn't have purpose. That Lewis thought to himself, I am called to play a role in the greatest story that is ever written. And if I don't play this role, nobody is going to take the place of my character because I am the only one that is crafted and created and wired and gifted to play this significant role. All this is coming around in Lewis's head. And he said, one of the biggest things I learned, which was hard for me to learn, was this, that I'm not the hero of the story. That my role is to use the gifts and the abilities that I have been given to play my character role the best that I can, that nobody else can play, to give honor and glory and shine the spotlight on the hero of the story, which is Jesus. And then Lewis said, all of a sudden, it was like my whole life took a different level of intentionality because nothing is random. And I said this on Friday as we started off our weekend together here with Praxis that we have written history in the last three days, that we have worshiped with God, that there will be a time, I hope, when we are all in heaven, amen, amen. I mean, I'm like, that was kind of weak, amen and amen. And God says, hey, I got a film that I want to show you. And you are invited to the most glorious grandstands of your life with Popcorn that is zero calories, but tastes like, but tastes like it's drenched in butter and sea salt, and brewer's yeast, or nutritional yeast flakes. But you're, you're, all of a sudden you're watching this beautiful film unfold, and you are seeing the Praxis Weekend as written history in the greatest story that has ever been written. That nothing we do is random. And I just want to share. Um, a couple lessons with you about being part of God's story. So just jump with me real quick. Um, in the Gospel of John, there's this great uh, story about Jesus 
walking by the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus shows up at the pool, and the understanding or belief of the day was that if you came to the pool, when the water was rippled up, it, there was some kind of like divine healing that would happen. And if you were lame or sick and you got in the pool, there would be a healing experience. We don't fully know from Scripture if that actually ever happened or not, but that was the belief. So this uh, covered colonnade pool, um, there's people all over the place. Jesus enters the scene and as he enters the scene, there's a man who has been in his condition there, um, and he's been in that condition for 38 years of his life. He's been an invalid, unable to move, to, to, uh, to you know, take care of himself. So he's there, Jesus sees the man um, in that condition, and Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And the guy doesn't say yes. He says, well, it's kind of a challenge for me because when the water is rippled up, I can't get to the pool and be healed. Jesus says, get up and walk. And, and move forward. And the man uh, gets up, something happens to his body. He gets up and then he rolls up his mat and he begins to walk. When I think about the story of what happened at the pool, I think there are some really important lessons for us when we think about being part of God's story. When Jesus walked onto the scene, okay, I think the miracle started when the man was seen. When, when, when you are seen, and when you know that your situation and your life and your struggle and your hopes and your dreams are not invisible, there is a value that is placed on your life when somebody else sees you, when somebody else gives you focused conversation, when somebody listens to your story. So I think the miracle of that pool healing started by that man being seen, okay? I just want to remind you that there are going to be parts in your story that's part of a grander story that are going to be very difficult. They are going to be very challenging. Um, there's going to be some moments where you feel like it is, it is the last chapter in your story. And you're going to need to remember, like I do so many times, I know, Benjamin, it feels like you're at the last chapter, but your story's not over yet. I know it feels like this, but your story is not over yet. The struggle is almost more than I can bear, but Benjamin, your story is not over yet. As you journey through your story, as you live out your purpose, as you hit moments that seem insurmountable, mountains that are too big, stress, anxiety, depression, that is just, it almost seems like it's too much, just remember you are seen, that you are not invisible in your struggle, in your hopes and dreams, that, that God has seen you. Let the fact that you are seen be your, the start of your miracle moment. Like, God, I need a miracle in this moment. And, and let God remind you, you are seen. Well, you don't think you're going to make it through med school. You're seen. When that relationship breaks up that you thought was going to go long term, you are seen. When you have shifted majors in college for the eighth time <laughs> and you feel like you're just lost and you have no clue what you're doing, you are seen. So remember in the story that is complex and it's got ups and downs and there's moments of celebration and moments of struggle, know that you are seen. Amen? Jesus asked the uh, guy, he said, do you want to be made well? And I often wonder, like, why didn't he just say yes? Because he didn't, he didn't respond to Jesus by saying, that's what I want. He responded by giving Jesus an excuse. And I kind of wonder, why would he have done that? And I, and I wonder if it was, it was an excuse because to be healed, hear me on this, meant that he would have to let go of his comfort. If you had been an invalid for 38 years, how would you get dressed in the morning? 
Somebody would take care of you. How would you go through your hygiene practice? Somebody would take care of you. How would you get to the pool? Somebody would carry you. How would you get comfortable on the mat? Somebody would move you to an area. Somebody would come and check on you during the day. They would take you home in the evening. The whole process in the morning would be in reverse. And you wonder if the challenge was, yeah, I don't know if I can be healed, but it meant that he was going to be letting go of all the comfort that he knew if he was actually going to be healed. I just want to speak this over you. Um, comfort is one of the, the greatest killers of calling. In the story that you are in, in the role that you are playing, you have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you're going to live out your calling, it is not going to be comfortable all the time. You are going to be stretched and pushed and you are going to be taken to places you never imagined two or three years ago you would ever be. You are always going to be in rooms that you feel unprepared, ill-equipped, and not ready for. Okay, not ready for. I believe that God puts you in those rooms where, where you don't feel equipped just so he can show up. So he's going to put you in those places. So as hard as the story is, know that you are always seen. And know that we need to become comfortable being, uncom being uncomfortable because we always have the comforter. We're always going to be we're always going to be stretched, but we're not stretched alone. You kind of you kind of with me on this one. And so, this man was losing the comfort of what he had known for thirty eight years to now possibly be healed. So Jesus told him, and this is a really important point, he did not give attention and focus to his excuse. Jesus didn't say, let's talk about that. Like, I had never thought about the fact that it's so hard for you. No, Jesus didn't go there. He didn't talk about the excuse. What did Jesus say? Get up. Let's go. Take a step forward. Let's move forward, Praxis. Let's step out into the unknown. Let's do something that may mean you leaving the identity you knew in exchange for the identity that I am giving you. Let's go. Let's step out in the unknown. And so this man, in that little moment, when Jesus said, get up, I believe that he must have had that mustard seed of faith that said this could be possible. Whereas Jesus pulled him forward, called him forward, all of a sudden, like, like arteries and veins begin to regrow in parts of his body that had never moved before. Warmth came back into his, his ligaments. Blood began to flow uh, at parts of his body that had been atrophied and dead for 38 years. And all of a sudden, he's wiggling things that had not been wiggling before. And life is coming back up into him where he says, you know what? This is possible. I'm going to actually try to stand up. I'm going to actually take a step forward. I'm going to actually do what I've never done in my entire life. I'm going to do it. And he stands up. And I imagine he is seeing the pool from a bird's eye view that he has never seen. Like, I've been laying next to you for 30 years. We're cousins. I didn't even know you were there, you know. But he's seeing the pool from a five and a half, six foot vantage point that he has never seen the pool before. Okay, when you think about your story, it is part of the grandest story ever. It is going to be a challenging story at times. What I have found is the joys are greater than you can ever imagine, and the tragedies hurt worse than you can ever imagine. So celebrate the joys like nobody, nobody can. And when you have those moments of tragedy and it's challenging, know that you are seen. Know that you are not 
alone. Know that being part of the grander story is going to be uncomfortable. Know that God is going to call you forward into places and spaces that you have never, ever been before. Why? So you can fulfill your role in the greatest story that is ever written, and that is God's story. So as uh, Lewis was in that car, those same words are spoken to you today. You are in my story. Daniel, you are in my story. Philip, you are in my story. Jake, you are in my story. Christian, you are in my story. Okay? Our story is about playing our role to shine the spotlight on the hero of the story, which is Jesus. Amen? Amen? So play your role well. Know that you are seen. Be willing to be uncomfortable for a much greater cause. And when God calls you forward, step forward and take that step and then take the next step. My experience has been, I usually only know one step at a time. So I'm going to take that step and then I'm going to take another step and take another step and take another step. I believe what God is doing in the practice community. I really do. And I told the leadership team this morning, I'm going to walk away. Um, I'm going to walk away believing that God has great plans for this to be a community of hope and, and, and a place that helps people understand who they are in God, that they are sons and daughters always. It's a community where you help each other to lead yourselves well. And it's a community where you come alongside each other when we're struggling over careers and calling and purpose. And it's a community that helps people to know that they are seen, okay? To, to know that we can move forward out of comfort together. And when Jesus says that we're supposed to move, that this can be a community that moves. Amen? I just want to leave you with that. It has been the greatest honor being with you this weekend. So uh, thank you so much for the, for the opportunity, you know, to be here. And uh, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Should we pray? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Got like 10 minutes to do this, so let's do this. Oh, uh, my podcast is the, the name is Rise and Lead. It's on his hat. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Rise and Lead, and it's on uh, every major platform Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. All right. So, once again, Ben, thank you so much yep. for sharing really this whole weekend. We've got a couple minutes here, so I'll kick us off with a quick You've question. been asking good questions Thank over the you. weekend, too. <laughs> if you had one, like, closing piece of advice, or if someone were to come to you and ask for, like, one piece of advice in terms of leadership, what's, like, kind of your keystone thing that you say? I'm uh, 100% without hesitation. I go back to Friday night. It all starts with who you are. Okay? It all starts with who God is and who you are in relation to who God is. And so I think for me it goes back to that identity piece that if you want to lead well, if you want to live well, um, it's all about anchoring that identity in who God says you are, even if you don't feel like it. Because you will not feel that all the time. But remember, feelings are not Lord over our life. The truth of what has been spoken is Lord over our life. So for me, I always will go back to, you got to remind yourself 
of who you are and you have to live and lead from who you are, that identity, worth, and value. That was my biggest struggle growing up was just doubting myself. It was about not understanding uh, my identity and who God said I was. I didn't understand that I was always a son at a young age, and it was just not on my radar, and I wish I, wish I would have known that. Oh, man, yeah, great advice. Thank you. So we've got time, I think, for a couple of quick questions here. Philip. Yeah, that's a great question. A um, couple podcasts that I really like. Um, if you're like ministry leadership, I like the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Uh, Craig Rochelle pastors the largest uh, church network in America of, I think, 34 campuses or 35 campuses. But Craig Rochelle, he's out of Oklahoma. He's an Oklahoma boy. His podcasts, a little bit similar to Rise and Lead with the solo episodes, are very pointed content. Uh, that are very, very practical. So Craig Rochelle is great. I also really like uh, the Kerry Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Uh, he's a pastor out of in California. Um, so I like Kerry Newhoff. I think his, he's great. Anything that John Maxwell writes, you know, I, th I think is really good. He's, you know, probably mid-70s, but definitely a leadership guru. Um, I like um, a lot of the stuff from Brad Lomanick, who used to uh, lead Catalyst, the conference that was here in Orange County in Irvine. So Brad Lomanick has a great book called um, The Catalyst Leader, Eight Essentials to Leadership Success. Great, easy book to read. He also has one called H3 Leadership, which is like 30 leadership principles uh, for your life. And he very much anchors leadership in identity. And I think that makes a big difference. So th those, are, those are really good. You know something? Oh, let me give you another one. Personal friend of mine who I just love, uh, not like I love my wife, but I love her. She is such a dear friend of mine. We are, we've become close in the pandemic. Um, her name, name is Heather Thompson Day. Heather Thompson Day is a PhD communications professor who was at Colorado Christian University, who is now blessing Andrews University. I, I don't even know how that happened, but she is blessing Andrews. Um, she is a phenomenal writer. She blew up a a Twitter following to like 30,000 people within six months because she believes that social media is inherently social and the purpose of social media is to grow community and relationships with people. So she's great. So follow her on Twitter on IG. She wrote a book called It's Not Your Turn. What to do, what's that? Oh, it's so good. What to do in your waiting when everyone else is winning. It's a great book. So I, I, I just think Heather Thompson Day is wonderful and she is so gospel anchored and she just is a great communicator. So anything that she puts out, I think, I think is really good too. Um, that's awesome. That's a good one. Yeah, thank you for the recommendations. All right, anybody else? Anyone have any final questions or comments? This morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, would, I would probably maybe ask, um, you've heard so much. Yep. How do you, how do you begin applying and go back off the holy mountain? Yeah. How does one put something back to, you know, this moment is really special, but how do we actually take that into reality? Great question. Um, I would go back to, 
you always have to start with who you are because of who God is. So I would start with um, anchoring your identity in God on a deeper level as you move forward. So I would look at, again, being very aware of the words you speak over your own life. I would, I would implement that declaration statement starting tomorrow. I'm just telling you, you may think, oh, I don't know, like if this, is it really worth it? It takes you two minutes. And the effects of doing it one time can last for six months. If you, if you study all the neuroplasticity and how that works. But I, I would think about just deepen that identity, you know, that you have by stewarding what you say about yourself, write the declaration statement, um, look at the community, Daniel, anybody else who is the closest to you, and just think about how are they supporting and affirming the identity that you have. And think about that group um, and then what you're speaking into other people. So I, I would do a little deep dive into just anchoring that identity. And then what I had mentioned on Sabbath morning is I would take in the next 30 days, don't go longer because you'll forget, in the next 30 days, I would do that deep dive assessment, carve an hour out, what we talked about on Sabbath morning, and ask those questions, and you just have to sit with where you're at. Remember, um, you have to define reality, as, uh, what does Scott Cremone say? Yeah. Uh, what's, what's, his, what's his quote? Well, a variety of them, but yeah. in terms of like defining reality, you know, he says that your leaders define reality. Yeah. And to, you know to be predictable, and we yep. tell people like, yeah, yep. find the reality, and then people will follow. So in 30 days, uh, take an hour, get a quiet space, and do the assessment. You you all know the questions. What's going right in my life? Maximize that. What is going wrong? You either need to, need to change it or get rid of it altogether because it's holding you back. What is missing in your life? Think about adding those things. What's confusing? Holy Spirit, mentors, Pastor Phil. Uh, Pastor Kelly, anybody, uh, but think about, you know, who you can seek some input on, and then, um, you know, finally, where do you want to be, where do you want to be in 90 days, and set a few goals, you know, for yourself, but I think it could be easy, Pastor Phil, to get so overwhelmed by just saying, like, blah, it's so much, I just got to roll, listen, you got to start with where you're at, so just do that first step in the next 30 days, continue anchoring your identity, and just do that deep dive on at least for these 30 days, let me take a look at where I feel like I'm at coming out of this pandemic right now. And then you can think about vision, system of habits, you know, all that stuff kind of moving forward. But that, that's where I would start. And just don't, please, please hear me on this. I gave you like the, the best of what I thought would add value to this community. Don't get overwhelmed. Like just go at your own pace, you know, do what you can do in the first 30 days but just try to, you know, apply what you can apply and just move at your own pace. All right, well, Ben, thank you so much. It's been truly an incredible weekend. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment. 
it makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.